0: Love talk Radio good afternoon. This is Patrick D. McCoy, the African American Voice in Classical Music, and I welcome you to this very special edition of the African American Voice in Classical Music. This edition is the inaugural interview of the King of Instruments, a very special series dedicated to celebrating the majesty. Of the pipe organ. This series is inspired in part by the very uh, special series hosted on NPR by Michael Barone called Pipe Dreams. Our artist of today is someone who is very renowned in his work and performances at the pipe organ. Dr. Mickey Thomas Terry is a native of Greenville, North Carolina and holds degrees from East Carolina University in Greenville and a Ph.D. in Late Medieval and Early Modern European History from Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. Dr. Terry's principal organ teachers have been Clarence Walters, Charles Callahan, and Ronald Stoke. He was the second prize winner of the ninth annual Clarence Mader National Organ Competition in 1986, and a finalist in both the Michigan International Organ Competition in Ann Arbor and the Flint Competition in Flint, Michigan. He is currently the Director of Music and Organist of St. Mary's Church in Piscataway, Maryland. Dr. Terry has concertized throughout the United States, the Bahamas, and has been broadcast several times on American Public Media's Pipe Dreams, the official radio program of the American Guild of Orgas. Please welcome Dr. Mickey Thomas Terry. Good afternoon, Dr. Terry. Well, good afternoon. How are you doing? It is, I'm doing well. It is such a pleasure to have you on today, and we would like for you to discuss your very special upcoming organ recital at the Kennedy Center.
1: Well, I am playing a recital on Monday, May the 9th, this coming Monday, at 6 p.m. in the concert hall at the Kennedy Center. And I will be doing works by uh, several composers. Uh, I'm going to try to recall them in order. It will start out with uh, a work by Charles Tournemire, one of the chorale improvisations, uh, Um the It will then follow with a work by a Pulitzer Prize winner, uh George Walker, who was the first African American ever to receive the Pulitzer Prize for Music. <clears throat> I'll be doing a chorale prelude of his that a, an anthology that I have uh edited for Morningstar Music called The African American Organ Music Anthology. Uh that work will be followed by a work by Marcel Dupre, his prelude and fugue and G Heiner, which is from Opus Seven. And then I will be playing um, the Bach D major, uh, Prelude and Fugue, the great D major. I will also be playing a work by an American composer, uh, Horatio Parker, from his organ sonata in E flat. Uh, This particular movement is called Allegretto, which is a very nice scherzo. And then I will be doing a work by Thomas Kerr, uh, an African-American composer, former professor from Howard University. There is a work... That is extracted from his Suite Sebastian, which is a multi-movement work for organ. And this particular movement is called Reverie for Strings. And then I'll be ending the program with the Fantasia and Fugue on the name B A C H
0: by Liszt. So that will be the program. That sounds like a magnificent program. And just go back to a few of the composers. Uh, that you name? Could you maybe uh, particularly speak more about the composer George Walker for our listeners?
1: Yes. the George Walker was the first uh, black ever to receive uh, the Pulitzer Prize for music, which was in 1996 for his cantata for soprano and orchestra called Lilacs, which was based on the poetry of Walt Whitman. And um, Dr. Walker has written... Um, several organ works now. There originally were three organ works, his three pieces for organ, which I recorded uh, on the Albany Records label back in the mid-90s. And then um, he had been given or awarded commissions subsequently to um, sort of augment uh, the organ repertoire. Um, There was one particular piece that was dedicated to me, which I premiered at The American Guild of Owners National Convention in 1998. It's called Spires. And uh, that was published or is published by MMB Music. And um, so he has written really altogether six pieces uh, for the Order. I'm hoping that he will consider uh, writing some more.
0: That sounds wonderful. Another one of the names that you. Uh, named as far as the composer that you're composing that that strikes a, a, a heartfelt chord with Washington, D.C., is that composer by the name of Thomas Kerr. And you had a chance to participate in a symposium in his honor not too many years ago. Is that correct? Yes, it is.
1: I uh, sat on the keyboard panel, and the symposium was held at Howard University in Rankin Chapel. And... Um, the late Doctor Hortense Kerr, which was uh, Kerr's widow, was the person that had uh, directed it, and, and, uh, and she act- it actually came from her. It was her, her, her. And so, anyway, I'm
0: honored. That sounds wonderful. Now, it must be very exciting to perform an organ recital in the Kennedy Center Concert Hall. Could you speak more about the instrument itself?
1: The instrument is an, um, an Aeolian Skinner organ uh, from the early 60s. I understand that it was one of the last installations uh, before Aeolian Skinner uh, went out. But uh, the medium-sized instrument is in the concert hall. It has these three manuals, and it has um, a console that can be moved. It's movable, so it can be moved middle of the stage or to the side or completely off stage. So you will see the pipes behind um, at the back of the stage, but uh, you won't necessarily see the console unless the console is pushed out uh, in view of the audience.
0: Mm, That sounds quite intriguing. Now, Dr. Terry, how did you begin playing the organ?
1: Well, I was always fascinated by the organ, and I remember – when I being a little child, I must have been maybe three or four years old uh, when I would go to church. There was an organ that was sitting in the well. The choir was in the front of the church, as was the organ, so you could see the organist. And where I was in Greenville, North Carolina, we had the only—it was the only black church in the entire county that had a pipe organ. And it, I remember the make. It was a uh, uh, the Hall a pipe organ company, and Hall was the company that was based in, uh, in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, it's long since out of business. But anyway, um, I, I was, this is, mind you, back in the late 50s. But I I remember that very well, and I was just fascinated by the instrument, and I just sort of knew I had to play it. and uh, So that's really sort of how it got started. Of course, you end up having to... Study piano, which is the basis for the organ, and then eventually, you know, you move to the organ because really, you know, you you won't necessarily a child would not be able to play the organ until they reach a certain age because basically because of their physical disposition they won't have the the legs or the arms uh, that would be sufficiently long enough to to play the instrument and handle it well, and so uh, you do hear some of some exceptions where children will start. Seven six, no, not my six, but like seven or eleven. But um, most usually start in their teens. I started uh, my first uh, church service. I was uh, sixteen years old, but I actually started studying the organ when I was fifteen.
0: Wow, <laughs> that is that is so brilliant. the The most recent child protégé of the organ, well, they're not so much a child now, but I recall when, when Felix Hell first came on the scene, it was a big roar about him because he was such a young person and just mastered the organ uh, very well. What, what would you say, what was your your most memorable uh, organ recital in your early years?
1: The most memorable? <clears throat> hmm that is is hard to say um you always remember your 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 first organ recital and, and uh, you know sometimes you remember them um because of the, the situation the organ was so wonderful or <clears throat> sometimes the organ was not so wonderful <laughs> you know <laughs> so there are different uh things that uh that will make a uh, recital stick in your mind and it's hard to say um when you're playing for, uh, like, the national conventions and that sort of regional conventions of, like, the American Guild of Organists, um, that's a very special set of situations. A lot of pressure, usually very little time to practice, and, and sometimes you have all sorts of madness going on behind the scenes, uh, which the audience is not at all aware, and you're having to deal with that. For example, when I was in Denver uh, in 1998 playing uh, the organ, it was extremely hot. And everyone was uh, was perspiring miserably, and I in particular. And I actually had two fans blowing on me from two different directions. And when Michael Barone came up to the organ after the first uh, recital that I played at that convention, he saw the fans and he started to laugh. But I looked like I had been pushed uh, into a pool, a swimming pool. I was literally soaking wet through and through. It must have been hmm. easily 98 degrees in that room. And even it was so bad that even the uh, – I mean, I got wonderful reviews by the reviewers, but uh, even the reviewers made a comment about the extreme heat in the room. And um, I've had some colleagues that say it was amazing
0: that you could play at all
1: under those circumstances. And the organ had gone out of tune. I mean, it was uh, – the reeds had gone out of tune. And so it was a very oppressive situation. But that's one – Recital that uh, I think I will always remember. Just (laughs) play under such very
0: circumstances. So, anyway, it sounds like it. Well, Doctor Terry, um, just one observation, if if I I may. Um, It seems that the the circle of African American concert organs. It seems to be a very uh, small, unique circle. Uh, of organists who are out in the forefront and performing the concert literature um of, of the organ what would you say what is what is the state of of the organist or the need for a pipe organist in this day and age with all the technology and and just the movement of of more modern music?
1: Well, the organ is suffering uh from a lack of visibility to the public. And there are numerous factors going on, not only in the African American community, but uh, the, uh, the, in the world at large, that um, there is a, a, a deficiency in the number of uh, individuals studying the organ and pursuing it as a career. Uh, it is very difficult, as you well know yourself, uh, that um, the opportunities or, let's say, the odds of having. A career, a concert career uh in the classical arts those those odds are very high and uh against it you know it's it's very difficult uh to get in the forefront and to to be recognized and a lot of it depends not only just on talent but also the luck of the draw. some people make it, some people don't and um so you know there are numerous factors that influence you know, visibility and, and, and the presence of the organ. But the organ also doesn't have the number of uh, individuals um, that hear it. You hear it basically in church, and that's about it. But the organ also has become so expensive, the pipe organ now I'm speaking about in particular, the pipe organ has become so ex- in expensive to uh, build and install in churches, not to mention maintain, that a lot of churches don't have them or they have opted to have other types of instruments, um, digitally, uh, well, digital instruments, uh, electronic instruments, um, you know, instead of a pipe organ, which is well and fine. But there are a lot of churches that can't even afford those. And then in the African-American community, uh, where there has been perhaps, say, an emphasis on gospel music, which is not necessarily conducive to a pipe organ or to that type of of, of instrument, then once again, the opportunities to have people, particularly young people, to hear the instrument, experience it, and to to be a witness to its wonders and glory, that has been greatly uh, minimized. So it, it is a very sad figure, and a lot of concert halls also do not have organs in them now. And so it is very difficult to uh, once again, in terms of exposure, having the instrument get out to the general public, uh, people are not aware that there are organ concerti written, just there are piano concerti or violin concerti or whatever. But uh, the opportunities to have those performed are greatly reduced by many factors, some of whom, or some of which, I have just named.
0: Mm, that is a uh, such a mm. wonderful. Uh, wonderful point. Now, when you were talking about the different composers uh, that you were going to perform, of course, the one that really, really rang out was of course Johann Sebastian Bach. I can't think of, of any recital that I've not that I've been to where that composer uh has not been included and such a popular composer for the organ. Could you maybe speak to uh I guess the, the nature of Bach and why does it suit the organ so well?
1: Well, Bach was truly a phenomenon by by any standard, and um, his primary instrument was the organ. And in his day, he was, in, and it was also in his obituary that uh, when he died, that he was considered to be the greatest organ and clavichord virtuoso in the world. So uh, it was very natural for him to. Be interested in writing for the organ But you know the thing that was all the more Incredible if we listen Or read uh, What his biographer His first biographer uh, Forkel had to say about him Um, uh, Forkel interviewed His son And um, you know It it is said that uh, his improvisations Were as great and even greater Than his written compositions Well that's sort sort of hard To imagine But for anyone who has lived uh, in the 20th century and had the opportunity to hear uh, Marcel Dupre or, even more recent times, Pierre Cochereau of Notre Dame, who was a Dupre pupil, uh, to hear these geniuses improvise, you can understand. And it's still mind-boggling how they could do that. But uh, Bach had a great affinity for the organ and uh, wrote uh, several hundred Organ works. And uh, also, scholars tell us that uh, Bach perhaps has written probably more music than anyone, and that we probably have one third of his total output, if you can believe that. Oh,
0: wow. So, in terms of organ literature and organ composers, who would you say is your favorite composer? of all time for that that you like to perform the music of?
1: You know, it's hard to say. I <laughs> have certain ones for certain periods, and, uh, of course, I love Bach. And uh, he is just wonderful beyond compare. But beyond that, another composer that I have a great affinity for in music style is Louis Vienne, who was the orchestra of Notre Dame in Paris from 1900 to 1937, and he was an impressionist. And uh, he was a student of Franck and um, uh, Charles-Marie Bidor. And uh, he was absolutely fabulous, and I love his music. I love music of the French school, the French symphonic school of the 19th and 20th century uh, that would include music like by Charles Tournemere, um Diane Bidor, Marcel Dupre, um, Jean de Meissier. Um, There are There are just numerous individuals Whose music really appealed to me But I love uh, 19th and 20th century music Of course music of César Franck uh, Which is just wonderful And he was considered to be the, the fa- father Of the modern uh, French organ school So um, there's, there's much music And this of course Was primarily a pianist But he was fascinated by the organ And and a couple of his works actually were great trendsetters in terms of writing for the instrument. Mendelssohn uh, wrote for the organ, wrote uh, six uh, sonatas for the organ, which are actually not really sonatas in the formal sense of the term, but they are called sonatas. And uh, he wrote three preludes and fugues and several other uh, miscellaneous works, uh, some of which were posthumous works that have just been recently um, discovered and, and published in the past, say, 20, 25 years. So there um, are uh, different composers that I greatly esteem uh, for the organ. Um, also, and I want to bring this out, uh, there are African-Americans uh, who have written and contributed uh, significantly significantly to the organ uh, literature. And uh, Thomas Kerr is, is one, of course, George Walker, uh, Mark Fax, who was a uh, professor of composition at um, Howard University and at one time was acting dean of the School of Music at Howard at the time. Um, he was a wonderful and very prolific composer, not only for the organ, but in general. Uh, he wrote operas. He wrote the ballet music, uh, I think there's a piano concerto, a music for uh, chamber music, music for uh, voice, piano. I mean, he it, it was very prolific. Um, there are numerous composers uh, uh, whose uh, works and contributions I am interested in and trying to put out before the public and let people know that these men and women uh, wrote and wrote incredibly well. Uh, for the instrument, and uh, we really should look at, focus on their contributions because they've been greatly ignored.
0: And I want to encourage everyone who who is listening, especially any organists out there thinking about programming recitals and so forth, that you definitely take a look at uh, Dr. Terry's multi- a volume collection of works for the organ by African-American composers and those that publish uh, by Morningstar uh, Music Publishers. So I would definitely encourage uh, you all to definitely uh, to purchase those materials and make those a part of, of your repertoire on a regular basis. Now, Dr. Terry, aside from the organ or music of the organ per se, what are some of your other musical interests? Musical
1: interests? Mm-hmm. I, I, well, I play the piano, um, uh, which uh, was my primary instrument uh, for many years. And um, I love the piano literature. Not all organists do, but I'm one who does. And uh, I still you know, play the repertory and coach, I mean, the Prokofiev and, and uh, Chopin and, and uh, the Bach-Clavichord works, Mozart, you name it. And, uh, once again, uh, there are works by African-American composers. There's a sonata, for example, I was just looking at the other day, um, by, uh, Ho- Howard Swanson, uh, which is very nice. Uh, Dolphins Hilstork has, uh, contributed significantly, uh, to the literature of the piano, as well as the organ. Uh, so there are numerous composers out there, and, uh, it's, you know, it's fascinating to me. I also play harpsichord, and I enjoy that, but, um. Basically, uh, piano is working on my specialties, and I really, you know, enjoy doing them.
0: As you just mentioned, um, sometimes the transition from organ to piano or vice versa is, is not necessarily as easy as one thinks. How, how was that transition for you, or when did you make that transition from the piano being your primary instrument to the organ?
1: Well. When I started studying Oregon as a teenager, I started to shift most of my attention to the Oregon. But there were times, of course, that I was were trying to work them concurrently, but because of schedules and, and lack of time, you're not always able, I was not always able to pay equal attention to them both. So for a long time, for example, during Most of the year, maybe uh, from maybe September until May, I would concentrate on the organ. And then in the summertime, I would concentrate on the piano. I have since uh, modified that, and um, I try to give them equal time. But uh, it's very difficult to to, uh, do because both of them are very demanding and uh, require a lot of time. And uh, if you, you know, are fortunate enough that uh, you don't have to work for a living and, and don't have familial obligations <laughs> or whatever, uh, you know, and you uh, and what you do is, is just to rehearse and practice and perform on, which is a wonderful thing. I I believe, uh, but it's a situation that um, is rarely had by people, and unless you have that circumstance, it's, it's very hard to. Dedicate the time to both instruments. So sometimes it's, it's a little give here, a little take there. You know, like in preparation for this recital, you know, I've had to, and I played some recitals here uh, recently, also out of town, I lived in Michigan and also in in uh, Pennsylvania. So I've had to sort of back off somewhat from my piano work uh, and uh, and concentrate on the organ. Mm.
0: You just mentioned your recitals. Um out of town? Could you maybe speak to the occasion, um, the recital that you just performed at Duquesne University?
1: Yes, um, the recital was at uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, I played a recital in early March, and uh, it actually was held at. Uh, it was well. It was it was sponsored or co-sponsored by Duquesne University. It was held at uh, First Lutheran Church in downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, and uh the next day I uh conducted a music master class uh for the organ students at Duquesne University and so or or of Duquesne University actually it was held at a church just off campus in downtown Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But uh so that was that occasion and then um uh, about three weeks earlier I played a recital at uh Hill Auditorium at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And this was part of uh, a symposium, a one-day symposium, on African-American uh, music. And i uh, was uh, participating in the, the organ section of that.
0: You also have an active career as a director of music um, at a church in the Washington, D.C. area. Could you maybe speak to the role of the organ and perhaps talk about your program at St. Mary's?
1: The program at St. Mary's, Mary's uh, Church at Piscataway uh, is a mm-hmm. Catholic parish, and uh, it is in suburban Washington. And uh, we have a, a choir there, the traditional choir, that um, basically sings at the, the noon mass that we have every Sunday. But uh, they pretty much are the principal choir of the church, and they're there for Holy Week and Easter, Christmas, Midnight Mass, And and all the major functions And uh, as a matter of fact We're having a confirmation um, liturgy This evening And uh, they will be singing for that But uh, there we do A combination of traditional music um, motets, Anthems um, Negro spirituals um, Plain chant um, All sorts of of, of Music combinations And so uh, Program is Is you know, very nice, and uh, I am—I'm very fortunate to have a pastor who uh, has a great love for music and uh, supports us in our efforts to
0: bring the best of music uh, to the parishioners. Mm. And that's—that's that's a wonderful key when you have uh, the support of the church and the pastor to support uh, those programs. Yesterday, when I spoke with George Shirley, we had the opportunity to talk about uh, the role of music in the church, and that was. Uh, some of the same sentiments that he expressed. So it's, it's good to hear, you know, that affirmed again in this conversation. Um, just before we wrap up the interview, would you uh, like to recap uh, the information in terms of the, the time and the specifics about the recital at the Kennedy Center?
1: Yes. Um, the recital will be in the concert hall of the Kennedy Center on Monday, May the 9th, this Monday at 6 p.m., it will be uh, admission is free to the public and the works will be, there will be seven works performed um, by composers Charles Turnamere, um, George Walker, Marcel Dupre, Johann Sebastian Bach, uh, Horatio Parker, um, Thomas Kerr, and uh, this. So I'm, I'm I am I for anyone listening, I extend an invitation to you, and I hope that you will come and, and enjoy and um and just have a
0: musical celebration, Dr. Terry, thank you so much for joining us for this inaugural interview of the King of Instruments, which is a series dedicated to celebrating artists of yourself and the majesty of the pipework we serve- appreciate your presence, and we hope that the concert hall is packed to the rafters on Monday evening.
1: Well, thank you so much, Patrick, and it's been an honor, and uh, and uh, congratulations to you on all that you do for the arts, and uh, I really do appreciate it, and I know a lot of, of other artists and listeners do as well.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You're the same. Again, listeners, that was Dr. Mickey Thomas Terry, internationally acclaimed organist who will be presented in recital at the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in the Concert Hall. He will be performing on the Phylene organ and music by Bach, Viren, Veer, Tornemir, and several other composers, including uh, music by African American um, composers. Again, this is Patrick D. McCoy. The African-American Voice and Classical Music, again, that recital by Dr. Mickey Thomas-Terry is free on Monday evening in the concert hall, and we encourage you all to come out. And, again, I just thank you for joining me for this inaugural interview of the King of Instruments. Please keep posted on the various interviews that I will conduct that will celebrate the majesty of the pipe organ. And wonderful artists will be celebrated on this series again i thank you i encourage you to follow me on twitter at patrick d mccoy and also like my page on facebook patrick d mccoy the african american voice in classical music again i am patrick d mccoy the african american voice in classical music and i wish you all a wonderful and prosperous day